I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. The college football coaching carousel remains in overdrive, and its effects are massive, even to the schools like OU and OSU, which have not lost their coaches. Alabama has lost Nick Saban. What does that mean for the Sooners in the SEC? Arizona, which seemed to be an emerging force as it enters the Big 12 in 2024, lost Jed Fish to Washington after the Huskies lost Kalen DeBoer to Bama. And who knows what will happen with Jim Harbaugh. The carousel is out of control. Before we talk about that, we want to say a word of thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, NextGen Roofing, Two Fellas Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And let's face it, if you're moving, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you. But we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are absolutely free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. All right, Barry, you mentioned it earlier, Nick Saban retirement uh, from Bama a couple days after the national championship started the domino effects. We knew it would, but let's talk about the first domino that fell. That's Kalen DeBoer, the Washington coach who led the Huskies to the national championship game. He's going to Bama. Is he a fit in Tuscaloosa? Well, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Uh, Kalen DeBoer fits anywhere because he appears to be such a big winner. You know, a lot of coaches, you know, he came from Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, the city and the, the college division. I'm sorry, the NAIA school is where he played and coached Sioux Falls. But uh, he was, became head coach at Sioux Falls, won big, sort of a Lance Leopold type, winning at, at the lower levels and then winning when he gets to the bigger levels. Goes to uh, Fresno State, does a nice job as head coach, gets whisked away by Washington, takes the Huskies to the national title game. Everyone talks about his coaching acumen. That will fit at Alabama. But the geography is a question. This is a guy that's never coached or been employed by any school uh, south of Carbondale, Illinois. He was at Southern Illinois. Now, the south of Illinois is a little bit of Southern culture, but it's not Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And this is a, a different kind of place in the SEC, as we do know and will even increasingly know in the years to come. So uh, we'll have to see. Brian Harson is the sort of the test case. He went from Boise State to Auburn. It was a total disaster. Now, Alabama is not Auburn. You know, you've got better resources, better tradition, saner people. You just, it's, a, <laughs> it's a better deal at Alabama. But still, that culture fit, I wonder about. Yeah, uh, saner people, but really only if you win a lot. And and I agree. I do think DeBoer's coaching probably portends well to his success, that I think he has a chance to be successful at Alabama. But the thing about Alabama is it's not just what happens on the field. It's about managing uh, the boosters, managing all the people that think they have a say, and frankly, some of them who do have a say in what happens with Alabama football. It's a lot more off-field 
than frankly, probably most division one, even power five jobs in the country. There's a lot of power five jobs in the country that don't have to deal with what Alabama's football coach has to deal with. Because to me, it's as much about the management of those egos as it is anything. That's why, frankly, Barry, I thought Steve Sarkeesian was a good option for Alabama. Now, I didn't know if they had a chance to lure him away from Texas. Obviously, another major, major brand, blue blood, all the things that are true about Bama are true about Texas. It's just that Bama's had more recent success and obviously a lot of it under Nick Saban. But I thought he had a chance. Dabo Swinney had a chance. I mean, those are the types of jobs that you have to manage, not only the expectations, not only the winning and the competition, but the, but the voices, the egos. I thought those were the guys that Bama might be drawing from. And who knows, maybe they did talk to him. But to me, Barry, that's the thing that so few other coaches have dealt with. And that includes Kalen DeBoer. How does he handle that? To me, that's got to be one of the biggest challenges of Alabama. Yeah, and he comes in at an interesting time, right? With uh, the sport is changing, with the, trans- with the transfer portal, NIL. Um, the, uh, the talent level is flattening out. Some people don't want to admit it. Some people don't want to don't want to acknowledge it, but it's the truth. We've been seeing it. We uh, we saw it this year. Michigan and Washington uh, playing for the national title. Uh, Alabama has been has been outstanding for a long time and has still been dominant here in the last three or four years, but not Alabama dominant. Uh, even this year, when they had a tremendous year, uh, could have could have lost several games, but rally make the national semifinals. The uh, the talent level is getting closer. Alabama's edge is not what it once was. It's going to be harder than ever to win games. Part of that is the Sooners and the Longhorns going to the SEC. Do Alabama fans understand that? Do Alabama donors understand that? I think Alabama administrators understand it, but will they will they uh, take that into consideration for Kalen DeBoer? So we don't know. But it, you're right. There are challenges at Alabama. There are challenges everywhere in this new in this new age. So I think Kalen DeBoer is pretty equipped to handle that. He appears to be a guy that knows his way around uh, the portal. Uh, yeah. Michael Penix Jr. was a fabulous quarterback. Came from Indiana. The guy that we know the best, uh, Jabbar Muhammad, cornerback. He brought him in from OSU. Uh, we know uh, Muhammad is an outstanding player. So he's he's been able to mine the. He mines the uh, portal for talent, so he'll have to do that at Alabama too. It's it's no longer just a turnkey operation. Yeah, I you know I I know people will probably remember this just like I do, but you know when the transfer portal kicked into high gear, I think a lot of people and myself included, you know, we didn't know how it was going to play out, but it seemed like, you know, this just opens the door to a place like Alabama, uh, Michigan, to really gather talent to just make great teams even greater and instead we've seen it flatten out especially at the quarterback position you know that we've seen there's just an abundance of quality quarterbacks in the portal for teams to go out and get and it can change the entire trajectory as we saw with Penix in Washington can change the entire trajectory of the team so what you said is right it is flattening out instead of really you know sort of bringing all the riches into one place. They're, they're now more spread out around college football. And so that makes me think that how Kalen DeBoer handles the off-field stuff will become increasingly important at Alabama because they may win a lot. They may play for a national championship again in the next year or two, but 
They may not because it's getting more difficult. So how he manages the personalities, you know, how he is with the big money, the all the people that are, you know, moving and shaking behind the scenes in Tuscaloosa. I think that becomes even more important. And I don't know, maybe he'll be great at that. Maybe he is great at that. But Barry, Washington is not the same as Alabama. I mean, they no. they've I'm sure got boosters that want to talk to the head football coach, but ultimately you know, their, their, their uh, budget, their, their, the money that they're working with at Washington is so much different than it is at Alabama. The media they're dealing with so much different than at Alabama. So can he handle it? Possibly, but I don't really know that there's a track record to lean on there and how he, he will handle it. So to me, is he a fit? In some ways, yes, but I think a lot of this really, really remains to be seen. Yeah, I would agree. And um, it's just different place, different part of the country, different tradition, um, different culture, different everything, really. Uh, I do know this. I've been spouting off for a few days saying I don't even know if Kalen DeBoer has ever been to the state of Alabama. Well, turns out when he was an assistant coach at Fresno State, I think it was in 17, the Bulldogs played at Tuscaloosa. <laughs> so he has walked inside Bryant Denny Stadium. So uh, he's ahead of the go. game in some, in some level, in some yeah. level. Yeah. Hey, as we talk about fit, another uh, another question mark is Jed Fish, the Arizona coach who uh, you and I saw up close uh, at the Alamo Bowl, his his Wildcats beating the Sooners down there uh, during bowl season. He's leaving Arizona for Washington. To me, Barry, this seems like a more natural fit. Obviously, Washington getting ready to leave for the Big Ten, but has been a Pac-12 school, Arizona Pac-12 school, not maybe apples to apples in terms of success over the over the decades but I think Jed Fish is a much better fit at least from the outset moving to Washington than maybe DeBoer is heading to Alabama yeah now only in American football or college football could a guy going from Tucson to Seattle be considered hey he's he you know he's staying in his comfort zone I mean it's <laughs> million miles away it's a completely different part of the country it's completely everything except they happen to be in the same football conference and so you think well um i actually don't know you know i'm i'm disbarred from commenting on jed fish's coaching acumen when arizona hired him three years ago i ranked him as a uh as a very poor coaching hire and of course then he's completely turned it around for the wildcats so uh, don't ask me he's proven me wrong already I will say this. Um, we don't, I mean, we're mildly interested in washing what happens with Washington and Jed Fish, but we don't, we got too much on our plate to care, right? I mean, we yeah. got to start taking, uh, taking notice of all these new SEC teams, all these new Big 12 teams. We're, we're, besides OU and OSU, we got to monitor 30 schools, <laughs> and Washington's not one of them. So I think he'll do fine. However, if you look at what he's leaving, it's a mortal blow to Arizona. Oh my goodness, what a what a uh what a wound for the Wildcats. This is one of the nation's uh worst uh or at least traditions. I mean, Arizona football yeah. has just struggled and struggled and struggled and had, you know, occasionally have a good team, occasionally have a breakout year over the decades, but nothing sustained. And here Jed Fish has a wonderful season, 10 and 3. Number 11, lots of people coming back, quarterbacks yep. coming back, headed to a new conference. Everybody's excited. ESPN comes out with its way too early top 25. Arizona, the number one Big 12 team for 2024, according to that list. 
Wow. And then here in mid-January, Jed Fish takes off for Washington. It's in the portal era. He, he's taken a lot of his assistant coaches. He could be taking a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried for our Arizona. Probably yeah. good news for Mike Gundy and the Cowboys. One less, potentially one less heavyweight to deal with in the conference. But uh, I feel for Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that is the, the uh, ripple that will be felt most here is just what does this mean for Arizona moving forward? And you're right. I was really impressed not only with their team uh, at the Alamo bowl, but with just how many young guys they had. I mean, obviously um, everybody uses the portal. Arizona was no different, but a lot of the guys that were uh, making the plays and, and doing the heavy lifting for Arizona were high school guys. And obviously that's a Jed Fish production. So going out and getting those guys and bringing them along, you know, I was just really impressed by that. They weren't, you know, they still had room to improve. There's a reason they were in the Alamo Bowl. They weren't, weren't, you know, world beaters yet. But considering what they had been, I was really impressed by what I saw on the field, um, just by where they were going. And, you know, yeah, it sounds like as we talk here on uh, Tuesday um, it, that Arizona might be zeroing in on San Jose State's coach, uh, Brent uh, uh, Brennan, I believe is his name. Uh, Colt so Brennan's, we'll see. Colt Brennan's distant cousin, Jacko, the old Hawaii quarterback. That's what I learned today. I had no idea. Cousins. Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. That's, I, that, that's a connection I would not have expected, but. <laughs> You know, maybe that works. Maybe there's a maybe there's a, a natural progression and maybe he's able to keep some things together. We'll see. But Arizona, it's going to be interesting to see who does leave coaches and players as Jed Fish moves and what that means for the Big 12. But Barry, there's one other thing about this Washington uh, coaching move that is potentially impactful to the Big 12. That's the news that Kansas coach Lance Leopold, you mentioned him earlier, he said no to Washington. He decided he's going to stay in Lawrence with the Jayhawks. Was that a bit of a surprise to you? It was a little bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, it, it surprises me in one way, and that is financially. Uh, I don't know what Kansas is paying Lance Leopold. A lot of money. Not as much as they're paying Bill Self, but still a lot of money. Washington's paying a bunch, too. Probably could pay more than Kansas uh, with the Big Ten riches eventually coming their way. Uh, Lance Leopold's a coach who is now uh, around 60. He's a guy that didn't hit a major conference until, what, three years ago. So he's in his late 50s before he hit his bonanza. Uh, it's, hard right. to, it, it's hard to make up that money. Uh, if you want one more big payday, you might need to make a jump to Washington. On the other hand, now this may be, uh, you know, a, a, a cold-hearted, jaded soul like yourself may not realize this anymore, but there are some people still walking around who are loyal. And Lance Leopold is a guy that toiled in obscurity, Wisconsin Whitewater forever, dominating Division Three, University of Buffalo in the MAC, and all of a sudden Kansas offers him a job. And he's in the Big 12 now. It's a terrible job. Jayhawks couldn't win to save their life. But they did pay him a good amount of money. He started making real money, and he, he repaid that with success. Yeah. You had a wonderful year this season. Looks like they're going to be a very good team next year. And Lance Leopold stayed with the Jayhawks. Maybe he's just thankful. Maybe he's just saying, hey, this place gave me a chance. We're doing well. I don't need to move on. So I hope that's the case. And I think it's really cool for Kansas if that is so. Um, that's another place that's thrilled 
that uh, that Arizona lost Jed Fish because Kansas has designs on the Big 12 title. How about that? How about Kansas in the college football playoff next <laughs> December? That'd be something. So, uh, yeah, I, to me, it's it's a great thing for the Big 12, a great thing for Kansas. Yeah. So Lance Leopold has stayed a Jayhawk. Yeah, and there's a lot going on with facilities in Lawrence. I don't know if anybody's seen the pictures out there on social media. They're doing some major renovations. It's There's so much gone from the stadium at, at Kansas that you almost – I mean, I, I'm sure that they've got a plan to have a playable stadium by the time the season rolls around, but there's so much gone. It's almost a little – like even as an outsider, I'm looking at it thinking – they going to get this done in time for the season. So lots of, lots of stuff, lots of positive momentum that frankly could have been squelched the same way that it looks like Arizona's positive momentum could take a hit with Fish's departure. If, if uh, Leopold takes that job, who does yep. he take with him? What players go with him? What players look elsewhere? I mean, there's just all the questions of this era of college football and what it could look like, especially now. I mean, Barry, I mean, obviously these guys, these players on teams, with the, when the coach leaves, they deserve that chance to look around. But what options that leaves their, their school to then get back in the portal at a time when the portal at large has closed? It's now just players that can leave if their coach leaves. So just a lot of moving parts that can be really hard for a program to deal with at this juncture. So lot, you know, Kansas is definitely looking entirely different moving forward than they would have. If, if Leopold would have said yes to Washington, the, the inverse of what, what they're looking at um, out in Arizona, you know, and obviously we don't yet know exactly what that's going to look like at Arizona, but is it possible that fish moving helps OSU more then say Saban retirement helped OU as they are now going to be looking at different conferences, different, different alignments. Um, how do those two equate for the OSU and the OU fans out there? Well, I think it's good news for both, but I, have yeah. to, I do have to say I think there is more reason for celebration in the streets in Norman. Um, it is Nick Saban. Let's remember that. Nick Saban no longer is coaching Alabama. None of us have really let that news sink into our psyche. But Nick Saban is not coaching at Alabama. And, you know, the the youngest among us won't remember that Alabama was is a fabulous football school, always has been. But Alabama had its trouble, its share of troubles before Nick Saban. Absolutely. Uh, in the between, you know, between uh, 1980 and 2007, when Nick Saban was hired, quarter of a century. Alabama was not the dominant force in, in the SEC. Lots of times it was not the dominant force in the state of Alabama. That's right. Alabama really was just very similar to Auburn, very similar at times to Tennessee, uh, LSU, uh, Florida, I mean, Georgia. Florida, probably the dominant school in the SEC in that time period we're talking about. And Nick Saban changed everything. He changed uh, he changed uh, the success rate. He changed the expectations. He changed the brand of Alabama, which is very difficult to upgrade the brand of Alabama, but he did it. Yeah. So I don't know that we appreciate yet how much Alabama is going to miss Nick Saban. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe I'm sure that Arizona was going to be a very good team next year. But the idea that Arizona would be a sustained Big 12 power, maybe, maybe not. The idea yeah. that Alabama was going to win big as long as Nick Saban was there, absolutely. 
Yeah. And it's obviously the equation and the math of all of this changes with the expansion of the playoff with, uh, you know, the big 12 will have a champion that's going to go to the playoff regardless. We know that. So the, the chance to get into that playoff field, you know, is now open to, to all teams in the big 12, all teams in the sec. Obviously we know what the sec looks like. Very top heavy. You know, you tend to know going into the season, Georgia, Bama, they're going to be at the top fighting for that spot. Everybody else has got to fight them. Now with Texas and OU there, Texas looking great. OU definitely improving under Brent Venables. But the Big 12 being wide open for the last couple of years, even with OU and Texas, I think that makes everybody sit up and take notice when you've got a program in the Big 12 that looks like it's going to struggle. I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that Arizona won't be in the mix because we didn't think TCU would be in the mix, you know, two years ago, and they played for a national championship for crying out loud. So anything is possible in the Big 12. But the more you, you sort of have people sort of taken down a notch in the Big 12, the more it opens a door for a team like Oklahoma State, which is returning so much of its roster from this last year, not a ton of upheaval. So they look to be in a good position. And I think that position improved. I'm with you, Barry. I'm not so sure. You know, does Arizona, are they going to be good for a long time at Jed Fish Day? I don't know. I I mean, one year of success is obviously, uh, and they've been building to this point. So the success has been impressive to see them build, but sustaining it's another question. Now Oklahoma State, at least in the short term, looks like the door has widened a bit for them to have a better chance to, to, you know, play again for a Big 12 title, win a Big 12 title, and maybe make that playoff field next year as it expands to twelve. All right, Barry, before we get out of here, one more coaching move. Potentially, Jim Harbaugh talking to NFL teams. We know he's interviewed um, with at least the Chargers. So if Jim Harbaugh leaves, which a lot of people have talked about, we've talked about the likelihood that he's going to the NFL. If he goes, are we talking about a lot more dominoes or is this maybe one of those in-house hires? What happens if Harbaugh leaves Michigan in terms of the head coaching dominoes? Well, it sounds like the Wolverines will turn to Sharon Moore, the OU grad who filled in for Jim Harbaugh during his suspensions uh, in 2023, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator. And if so, that stops the carousel. All you have to do is promote an assistant, and it really slows the carousel Um, when, you know, when when a Lincoln Riley replaces a Bob Stoops. Uh, you know, if, if, if that job is, if the Sooners go out and hire away, uh, a, a head coach that just, you know, this carousel just spins, spins, spins. So that's what we've been talking about. Jed Fish, Kalen DeBoer, Nick Saban. But it, it sounds like if Harbaugh goes that more will stay. And it sounds like, um, Michigan would be, that's Michigan's plan. Uh, they're very, you know, Michigan is, it's not a, we don't think of it as a tribal place, the way we, a clannish place, the way we do in the SEC. The truth is it's a pretty clannish place. I mean, anybody remember, remember uh, Bo Schembechler when his basketball coach, you found out his basketball coach is going to Arizona state and he just, Bill Frieder, he just kicks him out in March. Said a Michigan man is going to coach Michigan. And I think they got like they like the idea of Michigan men, and I think Sharon Moore is now a Michigan man. Anybody associated with that national title, so I don't think Harbaugh 
is going to spin the cycle anymore. He does create an amazing opening. Think about it, Jacko. Um, We're looking at a final four from this past season in which only one of the four coaches potentially is back in his job. And that's, you know, that's uh, an incredible turnover, incredible uh, uh, carouseling. And uh, I think that's just the wave. I think that's just the way it is. Coaches are getting itchier and itchier. I don't know why, but it's easier to to rebuild because of the because of the carousel i mean because of the transfer portal yeah. so uh all these methods of transportation carousel portal i'm getting them all mixed up <laughs> but anyway i think it's a strange time no doubt about it and jim harbaugh taking off for the nfl would definitely definitely be part of that yeah it it would definitely be interesting to be you know michigan their their leadership right now because i mean this has been talked about for such a long time harbaugh to the nfl harbaugh to the nfl you have to think there are head coaches out there or potential head coaches out there who have agents reaching out to Michigan people like nobody's business. Are you interested? Are you interested? Are you interested? Like who they're hearing from? Because, you know, I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you. I think if, if Harbaugh leaves, more is the guy that just because of the Michigan connections. But, you know, you're, you're, a, you're the AD, you're, you're president, whatever at Michigan, and you're hearing from, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know what kind of names they're hearing from, but do you get sort of bright eyed at the idea of whoever, um, you know, that might be interested? You've got this, you know, new look Big Ten. Is there any sort of, you know, th- any sort of thought of, hey, we need to do different offensively. We need to really up the tempo if we're going to go against Washington and Oregon and all of those teams. Maybe we need to do something different that way. I don't know. I, I, again, I tend to think Sharon Moore is going to be the guy if Harbaugh leaves, but it's just fascinating to think about all the inner workings uh, that, that could potentially have already sort of been the conversations, you know, well, we could get this guy. What about that guy? What about his philosophy? Um, I think those are all interesting conversations that, you know, somebody will surely uh, get the details of at some point, but that to me is interesting. Do they get it all starry eyed if somebody reaches out and said, Hey, I'm interested. If Bill Belichick is suddenly interested in Michigan, you know, does that, does that change things? That doesn't set off the carousel again, but I'm curious to see, you know, what, what are those, what are those people that are reaching out about that Michigan job potentially? All right. That's all the time we've got this week. Remember you can find our columns, videos, and podcasts at selloutcrowd.com as well as barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And if you want our content at your fingertips, and who wouldn't, we've got you covered. We have a new app. It's available for iPhone and Android, and you can download it today. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.